What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, but we can talk about anything else that is meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. And not only can we talk about it, but guess what? We usually do. On this podcast platform, it's about dogs, it's about fun, it's about inspirational stories, it's about whatever it is that tickles our fancy, and that's what we talk about. If you're joining me for the first time, thank you. I am Pat the Pac-Man, Dog Behavior and Rehabilitation Specialist at Pac-Man to the Rescue, Canine Solutions and Coaching. And basically, it's about training people, not training dogs. You're going to hear me say that quite a bit. This podcast platform is all about making sure that people understand dogs cater to the, to the dogs, make sure that they address a dog's needs and not what they think a dog needs, basically to make a dog happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved, not well-trained, okay? Um, let me just throw that in there because, yeah, we speak Sicilian. I'm going to be throwing some Sicilian phrases and words, so get your notebook out there and learn. If you've been here before and you have not subscribed, guys, come on, what are you waiting for? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We are on Google Podcast. We are on Apple Podcast. We are on Spotify, on Amazon, and also on YouTube to look at the good-looking face over here that's on top of my shoulders. Very humble, aren't I? I know. What can I tell you? Here it is. So make sure you subscribe, guys, because you don't want to miss out. You want to follow us on Facebook. You want to follow us on Instagram. You want to make sure that's a Pac-Man to the rescue, by the way. And the podcast is Barking for Balance because you don't want to miss out on anything that we talk about cool guests, cool topics, awesome knowledge. You're going to learn, learn, and be inspired and have fun. And it's all about good stuff here. So today, this podcast episode, uh, I want to talk about basically tone of voice. I want to talk about how uh, tone of voice uh, is, is a form of communication with dogs and how there's a myth about the tone of voice, uh, the, about how people believe that their tone of voice is important when it comes to uh, communicating with their dog about how their dog responds to them, how their dog respects them, uh, and how their dog behaves. So I want to talk about that, about the reality of what tone of voice actually means. I also want to talk about uh, something that I really preach about this. I take, I'll tell people about this all the time uh, because of the fact that it's so, so, so important. Um, it's about focus on the brain, not the body. You heard me say that if you've been a client of mine, and if you have not, then you need to make sure that you follow that principle, focus on the brain, not the body. What the hell does that mean? It basically means that I need to, you to understand that dogs are, and we're going to get into more detail about this in a second, but basically dog training is all about, you know, what the body does. They don't care about what the brain does. So we're going to talk about that focus on the brain, not the body. Uh, but before we kick this off onto those main topics, I want to talk about a little situation here because I'm really, really excited. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see behind me, I have uh, an autographed Steve Smith jersey and a helmet over there um, because I'm a huge Carolina Panther fan. And I'm very excited because of the fact that uh, football season just started. Yeah, yeah, football, yeah, football. Yeah, I'm a huge football fan. Yo, come on, pallone, pallone, pallone. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, my, I love football and I'm really excited the football started and uh, I'm a huge Carolina Panther fan. And just yesterday I was actually posting about, uh, about my New Jersey. I put, showed a picture of my New Jersey with Pac-Man on the back and also uh, the number that I chose, which is 95. And basically, um, you know, because of that, you know, I wanted to make sure this is actually something I discussed about how I got the jersey uh, on episode on podcast episode number 33, if I'm not mistaken, uh, about faith. Uh, yes, it's podcast number uh, number 33. So if you, if you not, ha if you have not heard, listen to that episode, 
what the hell are you waiting for, guys? Come on, skedaddle on over and listen to that episode. You got to catch up. Got to catch up. All righty. So anyway, so Carolina Panthers, and the reason why I was bringing this up about the jersey, you know, I posted my dog, Socks and Pepper, with their jerseys, uh, which is a tradition. I always, you know, put their jerseys on. I put their Panther collars on, and I put their Carolina Panther dog tags on. Uh, and of course, I have my own little ritual that I that I uh, go by. If you want to know what it is, let me know. And I'll share that, which I'm sure at some point I'll be sharing that with you anyway. But, um, you know, I posted some pictures and, uh, you know, I had some clients that were inquiring about the whole Carolina Panther fan, which most people always do, especially when they find out that, you know, I'm a native New Yorker. I was born in Brooklyn, you know. I would live in Sicily, which actually plays into how uh, I became a Carolina Panther fan. And also um, the fact that I live in New Jersey. So everybody thinks, you know, it's just really odd that I'm a, I'm a Panthers fan. So I always get asked, like, how the hell did you become a Panther? I know. Remember I said, if this is the first time you're joining us, it's all about dogs. No, barking for balance is about balance. We talk about all sorts of stuff because that's life, our life but it's also what we want for our dogs. We want them to live a life of balance. And that's what this is about. So um, moving along with the, with the Carolina Panther story. So basically, how did I become a Carolina, Carolina Panther fan? Very simple. When I was in college, uh, I was, I'm a huge soccer fan. I, I still am, obviously, having lived in Italy, I'm a huge soccer fan. And uh, my friends in college were all of major football fans. So obviously, soccer was not and still isn't a very popular sport in, in, uh, in America. So they were telling me like, listen, you know, Pat, it's cool that you're a soccer fan, but you know, you should, you need to follow some American sports too. So I said, okay, fine. And they were all predominantly, um, you know, football fans. I said, okay, then, you know, help me figure this shit, this, this shit out. So they helped me. And they said, the first thing you got to do is you have to uh, pick a team that you're a fan of. I said, okay, fine. So, you know, my favorite Italian soccer team is Inter Milan. And Inter Milan's colors are black and blue. So I uh, said, okay, fine. So I want a team. I want to pick a team that has black and blue colors. What team is that? And they were like, well, actually, there's this new team just coming out called the Carolina Panthers. And uh, they said their colors are black and blue. So I was like, fine, I'm a Carolina Panther fan. <laughs> right. But if you were to ask me to like name one player or to tell you like, you know, what the, what they did the week before their stats, right? I had no clue. I had no clue. Um, and then about 2003, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden I just started watching football. I just started paying attention to the Panthers. And actually, before I forget, um, I, I, I actually went and I got myself just to prove my alliance to this team that I really didn't know anything about my allegiance to this team that I really don't know anything about. I bought myself a Panther hat and I bought myself a Jersey uh, just to show what a fan I was. But I didn't know. I didn't know shit. And that's how it worked. So anyway, 2003, all of a sudden that changed. And a passion for football and, Pan and the Panthers just developed. In fact, my, my whole house here is decorated and <laughs> with all sorts of memorabilia, including, you know, as you can see behind me, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, the, the, you know, Steve Smith autographed Jersey. I have uh, a couple of other jerseys uh, hanging on the walls. I have autographed pictures. Yeah. I'm looking around that right now. Uh, autographed pictures, autographed uh, helmets, autographed footballs, autographed mini helmets, autographed shoes. I have autographed shoes. Yeah. I have all sorts of cool stuff. So anyway, that's how much of a fan I am now. And that's really how it started. So yes, I picked the team because of the colors. Okay. Yeah. Because I get made fun of that shit all the time. You pick the team pick one of the colors. What are you? What is wrong with you? Well, that's how I picked them. What do you want to do? But now I'm a huge Carolina Panther fan. That's how I picked them. That's where we are. 
that's it. I need the suke efenilvatio, and that's the whole story behind the uh, Carolina Panthers and how I became a Carolina Panther fan. And so basically, that's uh, that's the end of that story. No more of that. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So if you want to have more, if you have more questions, you know, we should talk about football one day. When you want to come on uh, on the show as a guest, come on the show. We'll talk some football too. Listen on this plat on this platform, barking for balance. We talk about anything. We talk about whatever it is that we want to talk about. So moving along from uh, from football, now we talk about tone of voice. Me, That's how it works. Listen, barking for balance. Have you subscribed yet? You better subscribe. All those platforms we talked about earlier. Don't worry. I'll remind you in a little while. Okay. So tone of voice. Here's the thing when it comes to tone of voice. So people believe that they have to, like a lot of a lot of my clients who are women believe that their 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 spouse, male spouse or male, you know, partner, um, the reason why their dog responds better to them is because they have a more boisterous voice. They believe that men have a more boisterous voice, you know, loudness, all that kind of good stuff. Here's the thing when it comes to um, tone of voice. Tone of voice, the way you talk, what you say, what comes out of your mouth really doesn't mean anything to dogs, okay? Whether it's words or whatever it is, it really means nothing. So the louder you get, this is one of the things that people do oftentimes is they're asked their dog to do something and their dog doesn't respond. So they start to get louder, right? Like the dog is deaf. The dog is deaf. So they think like getting louder is going to get the response, which is kind of funny because like, you know, when Americans go to a foreign country and they're sitting at a restaurant and they're trying to explain something to like, you know, like the, like they're in Fran, Paris in France, and they're trying to like order food or, or you quiche, whatever. I don't even know what, what, you know, what French cuisine. Let's talk about Italy. They're in Italy and they're trying to order lasagna and they're trying to talking to the Italian waiter, which of course the waiters in Italy do know how to speak English, but let's assume that they don't and they get louder. Like they think like all of a sudden the waiter is going to understand what they're saying because they're getting louder. No, it doesn't make any sense. And the same thing applies when it comes to dogs, the louder you get, the less respect, the less trust points you get, you get, you earn. It doesn't make it better. It makes it worse. It doesn't communicate more efficiently. It communicates less efficiently because like I'm saying, Tone of voice means nothing when it comes to dogs. Well, I'm sorry, what comes out of your mouth means nothing when it comes to dogs. It's really the energy behind what comes out of your mouth that really makes a difference. Not what you say, okay? It's how you say it from an emotional standpoint, from an energy standpoint. So like, for example, you know, my father was was a very very strict tough 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 man and all he had to do was and i'm sure you know you guys can relate to this right i'm sure you you know you know you have a relative mother grandmother grandfather you know father mother, whatever that is just one of those people that's really really tough and all of a sudden they just give you that look they don't say a word but all you know what's going on and you just back up you know what i mean so what is it that they're communicating with their look or is it the energy behind the look? Because you could fake a look, you could fake the words, but if you don't mean what you're saying, like if they don't take you seriously, then it doesn't work. And dogs really are the same thing. The dog is reading how you feel, right? So when you're asking your dog to stop doing something or to do something, and you're not serious about it, they know you're not serious. Therefore, they're not going to respond to you. You know what I'm saying? Right. You understand what I'm saying. You, you, I'm sure you've been in this situation or you've seen people in this situation. And if you have, please share your, your, your experiences with this. We'd love to hear that. But the, the bottom line is that when you're asking your dog, like, for example, when I, 
when I ask my clients to correct their dog for what they're doing, right? And I tell them, correct your dog, correct the, correct the dog, tell them to stop or whatever, right? And they do it. And I'm looking at the dog. I'm not really looking at the human because I'm looking at the reason. I'm looking at how the dog responds. So the way the dog responds to the human, it tells me how they feel. So they're correcting very, very soft. They're, they're saying it. They're trying to correct, but they don't mean it. They're doing it because I told them to do it. So in their mind, they're processing this. They're saying, I know, baby, I don't really want to tell you to stop, you know, jumping and biting me. But, you know, this mean man over here told me to do it. So I'm just going to do it. I don't really mean it. That's that. That's just him. I don't really want to. Therefore, the dog's not going to respond to that. Gabish. Oh, that's really the, the simple fact of the matter. So if you're not serious about it, if your emotions are not in check, then you're not going to get the response. Now, here's where the problem lies. So your tone of voice starts off calm. Because one of the things I always preach about, how many times I have to say this, how many times, is you got to learn to be calm. Being calm is the magic formula. 95% of the battle is a calm mind, relaxed body. Okay. Te learning the techniques is easy. Learn to be calm and relaxed. That's more difficult. And believe it or not, that's the secret. So I tell everybody, you got to learn to be calm. And those that get it will recognize me. So he's right. You know, when I get calm, my dog calms down. Yes, because they're copycatting that emotion. They're reflecting back what it is that you're feeling at that point. The problem becomes that when you're trying to assert yourself and you're trying to let them know not to do something, that's part of the equation. Remember, we're talking about balance, barking for balance. See the word balance? We're talking about life of balance for us. Life of balance for your dog is the same thing, but also how we communicate is also about balance, right? So we have that calmness. So that calmness is across the board and never, it never changes. It's always, no matter what's going on around us, no matter what the dog's doing, we always remain calm. So when we're correcting, we maintain our composure. We maintain our own energy. We all maintain our own sense of confidence and, and, and consistency, okay? No matter what's going on, we always stay consistently. We stay consistently constant. You've heard me say this before. Calmness is about, patience is about being consistently constant. It's really that simple. Doesn't change. Your emotions don't change about based on what's going on, good or bad. So you stay calm, you're correcting your dog. But now the problem is that if you're not serious about that correction, then they're not going to take it seriously. So you're not becoming firm, tough, assertive. Make sense? And here's where in lies the problem. So now we have to balance out that calmness with firmness, with toughness, with assertiveness. You got to balance it out. And by balancing it out, you're showing your dog that you are inconsistent. You're consistent with your emotions. You're not joking around. And you're also, they're also recognizing that they're not able to change your emotions by swaying you from one side to the other. You're staying in the middle, calm and firm in balance, everything in proportion. Because again, what people start off with is that calm side, right? No, 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 stop. I know. I thought like I was singing for a second. Me, middle of middle. My throat hurts from screaming like that. Whew. That's not fun. Screaming is not fun, but that's what people do. They scream, right? Stop. Come on. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. Your dog's not going to respond the way you want. If your dog's barking out the window and you're screaming at him, 
He ain't going to stop barking. He's going to bark even louder. If he's jumping on the counter and you're screaming at him, he's looking at you like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you, fella. You know what I'm saying? That's really the reality. It's a Ford. It's a Ford. It's a Ford. It's a Paitoto. That's what he's saying. You're crazy. You're nuts. That's what the dog is thinking. You know what I mean? So your tone of voice, really, what comes out of your mouth really doesn't mean anything because at the end of the day, a dog will communicate with energy and body language. So your body, the position of your body, how you maneuver your body is really the key along with how you feel. So you don't have to say a word. You just have to be in calm and firm in your mind when you're addressing your dog, when you're correcting your dog, when you're, you know, doing whatever it is that you want with your dog, but you have to show that sense of assertiveness slash calmness slash leadership, which is really the secret ingredient, the secret to being effectively an effective leader. So when somebody screams at, at their dog, when somebody's yelling and just going nuts, ah, it's not effective. So the more loud we become, the reason why we're becoming louder is simply because, because your dog's not deaf. You don't just, we do. your dog's not deaf and you know that. So why are you becoming louder? Because you're trying to communicate more effectively? No, you're becoming louder because you're becoming frustrated, annoyed, and angry. So now you're shifting from calm and firm in balance. You're shifting to one side, which now you are out of balance. And therefore, if you are out of balance, your dog will not trust, respect, or follow you. Therefore, it ain't going to work. Because again, I'll say this one more time. In case you know you're not a little hard of hearing. If you become louder, you're not communicating more effectively. The reason you're becoming louder is because you are trying, you're becoming frustrated, angry, and annoyed. That's why. Okay. So how can you communicate? How can you get your dog to calm down from stop barking, from stop jumping, from stop whatever, if you are not the source, if you are not trying to give him a way and a reason for him to mirror, something for him to mirror, right? Your mirror, he's going to mirror, your dog is going to mirror that energy. Gabish, does this make sense? You guys have any questions on this? I mean, does this make sense? Because I really want to hear, you know, some of your experiences when it comes to this kind of stuff. So the more fearful, the more angry you become, because my dog's not listening to me, this dog, he needs to listen to me. I'm the boss of this house. Yeah. You think that it's not in reality in your head. You might think that, but in your dogs, not even close, not even close. So the fact of the matter is simple is the fact that, that now we are getting to a point where if you don't feel a certain way and listen, it's all about feeling. When I say feel a certain way, you have to feel confident. You have to feel like you can handle the situation and that takes some time. You know what I mean? So you have to like, you know, build up to it and you have to learn to be calm and then learn to be firm and then put them together. And that takes some time. And that's really the one thing that I, that I teach my clients constantly is that's why it's about training people, not training dogs, because the brain of a human is going to function differently than the brain of a dog, right? If you scream at a child at the top of your lungs, does that get you any results? No. You know what I mean? Does it you, if you're, Hey, little Billy, please don't do that. Is that going to give you any, any trust respect points? If you said yes, then you're a little paituto. If you on the other side of the equation, stop it, little Billy, I'm going to kill you. Does that give you any trust and respect points? Again, if you said yes, paituto. The answer is no. 
It's a balance of the two. When you are addressing, you have to maintain control of yourself in order to earn trust and respect, but they have to know that you're serious about it. Knock it off. You know what I'm saying? I'm not joking. They have to know you're not joking. They have to know that you're not kidding around. They have to know that you're serious and you need to stop. You know what I mean? That's how you earn trust and respect because you're in control of yourself. Therefore, I can trust and respect that. You know, it's simple. It's really that simple. Uh, and it really baffles me when it comes to like the dog training world, when it's all about just treats and, 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 and cookies and, and, and obedience commands and all that kind of crap. It really baffles me because this, this is part of what I wanted to talk about when it comes to, you know, focusing um, on, on the brain, not the body. And when I say that, I mean the brain of the dog, not the body of the dog, meaning, you know, a lot of people will, a lot of dog trainers and dog, again, the dog training uh, uh, community will focus on what the body of the dog does, right? So let's use an example so you get an idea. So if we're talking about like, like a dog that's, I don't know, if you're, if you're let's say, for example, you know, you want your dog to, to be on the couch with you, which is cool, right? You want your dog to snuggle. Now, the one rule that I always say about this is that you know, there's, there's two factors to this. Number one is your dog's not allowed to come on the couch until you, you invite them on. And number two, they have to be calm in order to be rewarded with being on the couch. So dog training world is the dog has to just sit there, butt, butt on the ground, and then they get rewarded. Because in this world with dog training, it's all about command sit they're working that's them working now so what happens is your dog is sitting on the ground just sitting staring at you right and they're basically waiting demanding to come on the couch and then you say come on up or they're sitting there waiting waiting excited their tail is all wagging and in your mind you're thinking well little fluffy over here is calm let me invite him on the couch but the problem is that the body was was doing what you think it was supposed to be doing. It was in a stationary position, sitting down. What meaning does that have? It absolutely has nothing because the brain is in an excited, anxious, dominant state. And now what you just did was you rewarded that state. You rewarded that particular behavior because you're telling your dog, I want you to be dominant. I want you to be excited. I want you to be anxious in order for you to deserve and be rewarded with being on the couch. So now the couch doesn't have a sense of entitlement, a, a sense of rewarding, of privilege. It has a sense of entitlement. I just want to be on the couch. You let me on the goddamn couch. And then you wonder why you're having problems in other areas is because you are nurturing excitement, nurturing anxiety, nurturing dominance, et cetera. And on our last podcast, podcast number 34, I talk about how excitement is the root of all evil. And if you have not listened to it, skedaddle on over. Corre, corre, corre. I'm on a get, the, get over there. Listen to that other episode. It's really good. Uh, you'll understand about excitement is the root of all evil because that's really the foundational pieces to most behavioral problems with dogs is excitement. Okay. And by the way, if you're wondering, how do I listen to this podcast? This guy is amazing. This Pac-Man guy. Oh my God. He's so wonderful. I'll tell you how you can listen to this podcast. It's simple. We are on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Amazon, and on YouTube. That's how you do. That's how you can listen to this podcast and make sure you subscribe. Also Pac-Man to the rescue, Instagram, Facebook. You won't miss a thing. You're going to love it. Okay. So getting back to focusing on the brain, not the body. The equivalent of what I always, I always say of what this all is all about is basically a car that is the parking brake on, but the gas pedals floored. Okay. So if you're, we'll use a different example in this case, going out the door. Okay. The whole world knows 
that I go out first. I have to go out the door first. Great. You may understand that, but what most people do is they make it a race, right? So they're holding the dog back and that leash is super tense. They're fighting that dog. They're holding, there's a lot of tension. That, that dog is being held back physically. And then they just go out the door first and then the dog goes behind and then the dog just takes off. So now, yeah, I, you walked out first, but here's the problem. You did not control the brain of the dog. You were holding back the body of the dog, but that brain was already in a forward moving motion. That's why once you're outside, that dog is running down the road, chasing after squirrels, jumping all over stuff, trying to protect, pulling you down the street. That's because of the fact that you revved it up, right? You basically had the parking brake on while the gas pedal was floored. And then once the parking brake went down, boom, took off. See what I'm saying? So you have to focus on what the brain's doing. So when I am at the door, at the threshold of the door, I want the door to be wide open with a dog that is right next to me with a very loose leash waiting for me to step outside. And then he follows me behind without taking off because the brain of the dog, even though you beat him out the door, his brain was already gone. His brain was already moving forward. So you did not beat him. Okay. You, if anything, you created more excitement. It became like a race who gets out first, right? Let me go first. Right. It's like a horse race. Calmness dog next to you. Then you go out. So again, dog training world, the dog has to sit. The dog has to wait. The dog has to stay right knows how to do all those commands, but while he's sitting, while he's waiting, while he's staying, he's ready to go. He's, he's excited. His brain is going, his brain is going. So again, the equivalent of a car that is the parking brake on. And guess what? The gas pedal, my friends is floored. You said it right. So once the parking brake goes down, that dog takes off, right? So now Again, we're nurturing and rewarding excitement. We're nurturing and rewarding the wrong state of mind. Again, I'll say that again, rewarding and nurturing the wrong state of mind, because that's really how you transform the behaviors is by addressing. Come on, you know what it is. Addressing. Let's go. Let's hear it. That's right. If you said the state of mind, the right state of mind, then you are correct, my friend. You've been paying attention. That's exactly right. It's the state of mind at the dog that matters. That's really the key to this whole thing state of mind. So when it comes to, you know, a, a, a situation that we're trying to teach our dogs to do something or not do something, you know, the whole point of it is not worrying about what the brain does. So for example, I'll give you another great example. You know, a dog that's jumping all over you, dog training tactics is using treats, a lot of words, sit, 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 sit. And now the dog's butt is hitting the ground, but the brain is still excited. And they're like excited. And then you give a treat. What a good boy. You're such a good boy. Okay. Now, the way that translates to the dog is you just rewarded and nurtured excitement. So now if you don't got a cookie, then you're going to be in trouble because that dog's going to be all over you. Also, you're teaching them that every single time a person comes in, I get excited and I get rewarded. And that's really how it triggers. So you never, you never fix the problem. You're just covering up with a Band-Aid. You know what I mean? You cover it up with a Band-Aid because you got to be like a treat dispenser at this point, right? Focus on the brain, not the body. The brain is in a calm state. Therefore, guess what? They're not jumping. Therefore, you can give them affection, right? So now you're nurturing and rewarding what? 
If you said calmness, my friends, you are right. You're a bunch of pacamaniacs. That's right. We are pacamaniacs because we focus on the brain, not the body. You start to understand why I talk about, you know, it's about training people, not training dogs, because dog training doesn't really focus on a dog's needs, doesn't focus on a dog's brain. You know what I mean? Dogs never communicate and, and negotiate with treats and obedience commands with each other. They negotiate with energy and body language. Therefore, when you're saying less, you're actually speaking volumes because it helps you stay calm. Don't talk. Those words have no meaning to your dog. Those words don't mean nothing to your dog. It's how you feel that means something to your dog. Because again, and I'm sure you see this all the time, or you are this all the time, when you're doing a lot of conversation with your dog, especially when the, when the dog is misbehaving, right? And a lot of times, and this is, this is, this is in, interesting because a lot of times people will not understand how their own actions is causing their dog's bad behaviors. Oh, it's genetic. Oh, it's the, because they're, they're just dog, being dogs. No, that's not how it works. Is us that teach them how we want them to behave how we want them to act and how we want them to behave and how we want them to act is simple state of mind, the right state of mind, because the conclusion here is very simple, right? Teaching a dog to be calm, very difficult, right? Getting a dog to calm down, that's tough. But what about getting excited? You can make a dog excited in the blink of an eye. You know, you snap your fingers, they get excited. That's the problem is we have to teach our dogs to be calm because getting them excited is easy getting them to calm down. That's a whole different story. So we have to focus on the brain, not the body. Make sense, right? Are you listening? Are you paying attention? I hope you are because this is important. Focus on the brain, not the body. I don't care what the body does. I don't care if they're sitting, laying down, standing on their head, spinning around in circles on their tail. I don't give a It's the brain, right? So if we go back to the example of the couch, if you want your dog to be snuggled on the couch, again, we want to be, them to be invited on, right? But we also want them to be in the right state of mind to be invited on. So once they disengage from the couch and they're just laying down, their head on the ground, they're just chilling, like whatever. Now you could say, come on up, little fluffy, right? Because now we're saying this is the state of mind that gets you to be on the couch. And at the end of the day, the couch is supposed to represent calmness. The couch is supposed to represent relaxation. That's what we do on the couch. We relax on it. Same thing with the bed. We relax on it. If you don't do it that way, the couch and or the bed now have a playground association because they're excited. And now they come on the couch and they're running around in circles and they're getting all crazy and they're playing with toys and they're biting or whatever, because that's the association of couch with bed. I'm sorry, couch with uh, excitement bed with excitement. They associate those two together. Excitement is associated with those two things. So we don't want that. We want calmness. So when we come on the couch, we just chill. If you want to play, go on the floor, go over there, not here. You know what I mean? But to teach that we have to reward the right state of mind. And so again, when we're talking about like dog training tactics, dog training tactics are all about what the body does. The body has to be sitting right now in the, in the dog world, the sitting, laying down, does that have a purpose? Absolutely. But it doesn't have a purpose when it's attached to a button, so to speak, meaning when we have to ask them to sit, right? If we ask them to say, this is, this is the thing, like sit, 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 everything is sit. 
Like sit is the fucking magic word and the magic thing to make a dog be good. I mean, come on, every single dog knows how to sit. But here's what's funny though. Have you ever seen a dog, they're in an excited state or an aggressive state or a fearful and anxious state or whatever state of mind that is not calm and you ask them to sit, you're saying a hundred times, sit, 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 sit. Come on, man. It doesn't work. It does not work when it's attached to a button, okay? You can't push a button and make a dog feel different. I mean, common sense. I say no shit. Does this make sense? A dog has feelings, emotions, and you can't make, just like we can't make a human change their emotions by simply not snapping a finger, flipping a switch, pushing a button. It doesn't work that way. So what makes us think that if we have an aggressive dog, an excited dog or nervous dog or fearful dog, that by saying a freaking word, all of a sudden, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, no, 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 I'm good now. And fearful, aggressive. No, that word just now. It's like they're like they're we think they're hypnotized or something. This is like the code to snap them out of it. Does this make sense, guys? So in the dog world, sitting and laying down does have a purpose. It means surrendering. It means relaxing, but it only means that if the brain does that, if the brain makes them do so. So like, think about it like this. If there's two guys that are fighting with each other, right? And you tell, okay, you go over there, you go sit over there and you go sit over there. They're going to go sit down maybe, but does that solve the conflict? Did that fix anything? Or are they still pissed off? Right? So as soon as they remove themselves from the chairs, guess what? <laughs> We're right back to square one, right? The brain is still in that state because you've never fixed anything. So the same thing is with the dog. If you are asking your dog to sit, especially when they're aggressive, yeah, they'll sit. Maybe sometimes they'll sit, but they're still fixating on the other dog or whatever the case may be. If they're excited, chances are they're not even going to be paying attention to that. They're going to be still doing their own thing. And you're going to sit, 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 sit. Because that's what you're going to be saying. Sit, 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 sit. And that's it. When a dog sits down or lays down on their own, they're calm and they're surrendering to that event, to your, to your will, to your desires, to the circumstances, whatever the case may be. That is when, that's when a dog is being a dog, right? But if you ask them to sit, if you ask them to lay down, who cares? Because the brain never transitioned from whatever to calmness. The brain is now associating the word sit, the behavior of sitting with that state of mind. Let's call it excitement in this example, right? So when you say sit, that word means excitement. So because they're already excited, you're adding more fuel to this excited fire. And you say that word, they get more excited, They're more excited. Oh my God. Oh, my, oh. Like, like, like Pavlov's dogs theory. Pavlov's dog theory. It's that simple. Does it make sense, guys? Give us any questions. I really want to know your opinion on that. But that's really the reality of it. you know. And it comes to the same conclusion as to the tone of voice. The way you speak, how you feel is what matters. So you could just make a sound like, like you know, my Italian mother. Ah, shit. Hey. Okay. Right? So, you know, Obviously, as, as you guys you know, know, I follow Cesar Milan's philosophies. That's how I learned about everything that I do here. And everybody always says, or everybody thinks that that sound that Cesar Milan makes, the sound, is really the magic, right? That's the sound. That sound really makes the dog behave differently. 
people will ask him all the time. And I have my own clients that have the same thing as they'll, they'll use my, you know, correction sounds, which are at, Hey, and sh okay. I'll use those correction sounds. And they'll say to me, it doesn't work. And people will say to Cesar Milan, that's that doesn't work for me. And what he will tell them all the time is this ready, write this down. It is not the sound that works. It's the energy behind the sound that works. You know what I'm saying? So let me give you a quick example of what I'm talking about. So a few years back, I was working with a, a family who had a, it was a little dog, like a little 20 pounder, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a miniature golden doodle or something, maybe a shih tzu. I don't know, something like a 20, 25 pound little dog. And one of these little corks, one of the corks that this dog had was related to aluminum foil. So when her, her mommy would, would uh, rip aluminum foil, this dog would bark like you can't imagine. So what I did was I would have her, I, I demonstrated, uh, you know, ripping the aluminum foil with my corrections and the dog would stop. No more barking. Then I had her do it, right? Ripping aluminum foil. We went through my, like we should have bought stock in aluminum foil. Because we, we went through so much aluminum foil and she kept trying and trying and trying and she would make the sound that I was making, but it wasn't producing the same results. See, Pat, it's not working. That's what she would say to me. Yes, it is the problem. It's not working because how do you feel? I feel frustrated. I feel annoyed. I feel angry. Okay, wonderful. There's, there's your problem. No, that's the sound that's not working. Okay, let me show you this. So what I did was I took the aluminum foil and as I'm ripping it, instead of making the sound to make her, the, her dog stop barking, instead of making that sound, or maybe I was saying, hey, along with, because again, my three sounds are, hey, which is Cesar Milan sound. And I use, ah, because that's really what my mother does to me. Okay, still to this day. Ah, yeah, Italian mothers, you know how that works. That's how it works. So um, that those, those, those sounds make me calm, keep me calm, but make me feel powerful, make me feel tough, make me feel firm, make me feel assertive. That's really the purpose behind. Again, it's the energy behind the sound. Make sense? Okay. So um, to prove to her, that it wasn't the sound that was how it worked. It was the energy behind the sound. I ripped the aluminum foil, but instead of doing the sound or the hay sound, I went, Pfft. okay, exact same energy, exact same posture, exact same attitude. But as the dog started barking, Pfft. yeah, that's what I did. No joke. This is no joke. I, I'm not joking around when I say this. That's what I did. Okay. And yeah, the dog at first looked like the hell, but it really, it really yielded the same results. The dog would stop barking. And because after a while, after he realized, okay, what the hell, the energy that was being conveyed from that sound was still the same thing. And that's really what was being communicated. Right. So now I handed it back to her and I said, now that's how I want you to respond, but I don't want you to make that particular sound. I want you to come up with a sound, something that makes you powerful. It makes you feel confident, makes you feel assertive without losing the calmness. And I think her sound was ah, ah, something like that. Um, so that sound had a meaning for her. It had some kind of a connection, some kind of an association. Once she started using that and her, it took a little bit of time until her dog kind of like adapted to it. And also while she kind of like connected the dots with staying in that state and growing from that state without shifting from one side to the other, being too calm or too, too aggressive and learning how to be in balance of calm and firm, all of a sudden the dog started responding to her. 
And she was like, oh my God, this is working. Yeah, no shit, it's working. I know what I'm doing here. I know what I'm doing over here. Okay, I mean, it does work because the fact of the matter is that we transform the human emotion. We change the way she felt from, you know, she was angry and frustrated. Maybe she was being a little insecure. Maybe she was unsure. Maybe she was whatever, but she wasn't displaying the two most important ingredients, calmness and firmness. Make sense? That particular sound had a meaning for her. That particular sound made sense to her, right? So that's how we made it happen is by empowering the human. Hence why it's about training people, not training dogs. Write that down. That's important. So, you know, that's the bottom line. So focusing on the brain, not the body, again, connection to that. We're addressing the brain of the dog right? We're addressing the reason why they're barking. Why was this dog barking? That sound made them excited. There was a connection. Maybe at some point, you know, this, they heard the sound, maybe they got scared, maybe they got excited over it. And then the humans just kind of added more and then become an obsession. But believe it or not, dogs do become obsessed over stuff. They become fixated over stuff. And it's all a driving force from, from the human. We make them that way. So I'm not sure how it happened or why it happened. I don't really care. We just have to fix it. And the way to fix it is simple. Understanding that our energy is the driving force. And in order to get a dog to behave this, the way we want them to, we have to focus on the brain of the dog, not the body. I don't give a shit what the sitting, the laying down, if they're doing it on their own, that's different. But if they're not in that right state, that mind is what I care about. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that the brain is in a state of mind that is conducive for me to nurture and reward. You know what I mean? And at first, when you're dealing with the dog, for example, that's excited, they're a level 10. You know, most people make the mistake of them waiting, of waiting for their dog to go from a 10 all the way down to a zero. Now, depending on the circumstances, yeah, that's necessary. But most of the time, we just want to reward a drop down. So we want them to go from a 10 to a nine, reward the nine. But the next time around, that nine's not enough because otherwise that nine becomes the, the, the starting point. That is becoming what our expectations are for them. And that's what they're going to give us, right? So no, that nine's not enough. I want an eight. The next time I want a seven. The next time I want a six. And before you know it now, it's all about calmness. And then we want them to be excited. We make them excited. Bam. bam. And then we flip the switch, make them right back calm to calm again. And all of a sudden you're like, Ooh, I'm a pack leader. That's right, baby. Because you focus on the brain, not the body. Make sense. Does this stuff make sense guys? Or am I just talking, talking out of my ass? Believe me, I'm not. This stuff works. Okay. So dog training, Mandala foot and cool. Let's focus on training people, understanding the psychology of the dog, right? Understanding how the brain of the dog works different than the brain of the human. Understanding how to communicate dog language, right? That's really the most, the two most important things that I do that we do here at Pac-Man to the Rescue is we train people about the brain of the dog and we train people how to communicate dog language. And it's not through dog training, treats, and obedience commands. Don't, don't fool yourself, okay? calmness is the main form of communication. Everybody that thinks, oh, you got to be tough. You got to show them who's boss in a way. But if you don't show them respect, if you don't show them trust, they're never going to show you respect. They're never going to show you trust. There's always about balance. You know what I'm saying? You can't be too soft. You can't be too, too, too wimpy, too permissive, but you can't be too angry, too, too strong, too frustrated because you're out of balance. Barking for balance, guys. It all comes back to that. Barking for balance, and we need to bark for balance. God damn it! I don't know if that's barking, but whatever. Anyway, so uh, if you guys have any questions, let me know. I uh, hope you this this makes sense. I hope you guys enjoyed 
this episode of Barking for Balance. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Make sure you subscribe on all those platforms that we talked about earlier so you don't miss another episode and you follow us on those social media, Pac-Man to the rescue, P-A-C-K-M-A-N to the rescue, Facebook and Instagram. So this way you keep track of all the good stuff. And believe me, we got some good stuff coming. A lot of cool stuff happening over here at the Pac-Man to the rescue, including this podcast. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Barking for Balance, guys. Any questions, please hit me up. And uh, remember, it's about training people, not training dogs. Catch you guys next time.